Today on Sexually Woke with Dr. Susan, I'm speaking with Dr. Carolyn DeLucia, a gynecologist with more than 30 years experience specializing in the area of women's sexual wellness and the author of Ultimate Intimacy, the Revolutionary Science of Female Sexual Health. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Sexually Woke with me, Dr. Susan. And I am so excited this week to have a very special guest, Dr. Carolyn DeLucia, who has 30 years of experience in gynecology. And she's now very much like me, actually practicing in the field of women's sexual wellness and non-invasive treatments to help women like us in midlife to have the best sex lives that we can. Uh, welcome, Carolyn. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Susan. It's so exciting to be here today. Well, I want to tell everyone about this incredible book that Carolyn wrote. And, you know, my book, Sexually Woke, came out and Carolyn's came out about the same time. And it's amazing because we're, we're, you know, we are on opposite sides of the country. I'm in Houston. She's in New York, New Jersey. And she wrote an incredible book called Ultimate Intimacy. You can pick this up on Amazon. I'm holding it in my hand. It's a beautiful little book. It's so readable. It's not scary. It's very relatable and not all sciencey and medical, but so useful. Um, the subtitle is The Revolutionary Science of Female Sexual Health. And, you know, Carolyn, when I read this book, I felt like I could have written this myself. You were talking about so many of the same things that we talk about on this podcast and in my book about the fact that midlife doesn't have to be the end of our sexual life. In fact, it can be the beginning of a whole new foray into the best sex that we've ever had if we can get rid of these little annoying things that happen with aging, right? So what led you to write this book? And tell us what you're doing in your practice now to help women like us in midlife to have the best sex of their lives. Well, this couldn't be a better question because it helps me get this word out to women who are suffering. Women normalize these types of changes that go through our lives vaginal dryness, painful sex, urinary incontinence. And 50% of women with urinary incontinence will not be sexually active for fear of leaking. These are tragic changes that can occur and affect our intimacy that has a ripple effect on the rest of our lives. So I wrote this book to help women understand that they don't have to suffer from any of these conditions and that there are totally simple, comfortable, easy procedures that you and I are happily doing to ensure that women can continue to have a successful, intimate relationship for the full rest of their lives. That is so exciting. And I'm, I'm just thrilled to find that I have a sister in New York who's doing the same kind of work because we need to make like tons of thousands of us, by the way. But uh, this beautiful book starts with the chapter called My Sex Life is Over, which so resonated with me because that's what I thought. Like when I was in my 40s, I'm like, I, you know, I had stress incontinence, like, like you were saying, Carolyn, leakage of urine, you know, so you can leak urine when you're having sex. It doesn't feel sexy. I, you have vaginal dryness. Your libido goes away. All of these things are normal, but they're not optimal. And we, we don't have to live like that. So I think it's so wonderful just to, first of all, normalize them and, and let us know that they are things that can happen. And secondly, to know that there are things that we can do to change them. And your book just spells that out so beautifully. So everybody go get that, Ultimate Intimacy by Dr. Carolyn DeLucia. So what are the, some of the things that you do in your office? We've talked here a lot about some of the things that I do. And uh, tell me your experience, um, because I think the more people can hear that this is not just one or two people doing this. This is real science, right? It really works. Yes, it certainly does. It's changing lives on a daily basis. I just saw a patient today who came in for her third laser treatment for vaginal dryness, and she had not been able to be intimate with her husband. And after the first one, she was able to be unhindered, completely wonderful sex with her husband. Wow. And he was thrilled. And she just said, if you ever need anybody to tell everybody how wonderful this is and not to hesitate, she said, call me. I'm happy to do it, which I said, I hear this every day. Now, the what happened and how I got into this was number one, I went through menopause. I lost all sensation and there was no pleasure involved, let alone pain with 
penetrating into course. So if you rub your forehead, that is what it felt like trying to be intimate. It was not at all enjoyable. And I thought this cannot be the way it's going to be for the rest of my life. And it was almost like a switch. One day I was fine. The next day it was gone. Oh, I totally, and, I totally feel the same way. And isn't that amazing? So yep. we're, we're gynecologists, right? So Carolyn and I are, you know, we're gynecologists. We're, you know, we're, we're the specialists that women look to when they want answers. But I can tell you myself when that happened to me, I was completely surprised. Like, even though I'd been talking about it, I don't know. I didn't think it was going to happen to me. I don't know what I was thinking. I thought I'd be the only one who never went through menopause or something like that. But when it happened to me, I was like, holy shit, this is like no joke, right? I, I mean, I actually got divorced. I mean, that wasn't the only reason, but I mean, it really changes your life. And I felt old. I felt unseen. I, I felt, I just felt all kinds of negative words about getting old. And now it's totally different. So, I mean, this is life-changing talking about this patient that you saw when, when we can take someone and maybe it's you, if you're listening, or, you know, like Carolyn and I said, this happened to us too. If we can take you from being not able to enjoy sex at all because of pain, decreased sensation, lack of interest, all of the above, to having a healthy, vibrant sex life again, I mean, that truly is life-changing. And we're talking about without surgery. So tell us about your laser. Like, how does this work? I do it in my office too, but I'd love to hear your experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I will go back to 2013 when this handsome strapping laser representative walked through my office. He had this sexy gait. He looked like he walked off the pages of GQ. (laughs) And he said to me, I have a laser that rejuvenates the vagina. And I said, turn around and don't let the door hit you in the butt. Because that sounds like BS, right? I, right. I couldn't believe him. And he goes, oh no. He humbled himself and said, please, please listen to me. They told me to come talk to you. And he came to me at this point because this was the first laser coming to the United States for use of trying to restore vaginal function from Israel. And it was the first one in the United States and they came to GYNs but I had a med spa already and understood the technology. So he came to me and I was fortunate to have the first laser in the Northeast. There was one in Miami and one in California at that time. And this device, he said, it it can help urinary incontinence. And I said, excuse me, what did you just say? It can help with urinary leakage. And that was incredible. So I started using it and lo and behold, it works unbelievably and it's painless. It takes five minutes. There's The only downtime after a laser treatment, this is a CO2 laser, and there's also erbium lasers now that this whole area has exploded in technology. But um, when you use this procedure, it's once a month for three months, and then maintenance is once a year. That's all it takes. So you can come in for your yearly visit, get your touch up, and you're good to enjoy Penetrating intercourse with no discomfort, natural lubrication, and to boot, improve your urinary incontinence. So that was the first of my procedures. Amazing. You have experience. Yeah. I mean, so, but you've been doing it longer than I have. I mean, this is, I've been, and then all in all, it's not very long, really. This this machine's been around since 2013. Um, So, and Carolyn has more experience with vaginal laser than just about anyone. Uh, but I'll tell you, your your response, which was, uh, that sounds like nonsense, you know, get out of my office. That's what most people think. Because when, you, when you're saying, okay, seriously, you can use a laser and it's going to do all these things, it sounds a little bit like, and that's what I thought, sounds like they're selling snake oil. How's it possible that it uh, improves sensation? It actually can improve incontinence. It dramatically improves moisture. It can get rid of pain. How could a laser do that? So tell us how does laser do that? Because it actually does. I just want someone else to say it than me because it actually works. This is real science. It's not snake oil. That's correct. So basically lasers have been around a really, really long time. And CO2 lasers have been used for facial rejuvenation, 
where it takes off the top layer of skin. When the very first ones came out, it was rather drastic. But what they discovered over time is that they could make tiny little holes with the laser. They're called pixels. And just like a pixel in a picture, a tiny little dot. So every time the laser fires, it fires tiny little grid of very microscopic injuries into the very superficial layer of the vagina. And in doing so, the body's response is to jump right in with the healthy tissue surrounded by the treated tissue will jump in and create new collagen and blood vessels. What we understand of vaginal dryness and the atrophy that occurs in menopause is that it's our estrogen supports the blood vessels that lead to the vaginal wall. When estrogen is gone, those blood vessels begin to shrink in size and stop delivering as much blood flow. With that, the collagen starts to decrease and there's lack of lubrication as well as loss of elasticity. We can't stretch anymore mm-hmm. to and accommodate. Then we, and then it tears, which is awful. And, we, it, oh, oh, and I talk about this a lot. Awful. It's like if you get a piece of tissue paper and you pull it, it's going to crack and you get these little microscopic paper cuts and it just feels horrible. And yes. at the same time, and we can talk about this, about the libido issue, which is slightly different, but often we lose our desire for sex. On top of that, if it's going to hurt, I mean, who's going to want to do anything that hurts? I mean, it just completely takes away the opportunity for a really deeply intimate connection. And so getting rid of pain within a course, I mean, I tell me how you feel, Carolyn, but that's probably the one of the most rewarding things that I do. Like you said, your patient today who comes in and says that they've been able to have an intimate experience without pain and actually enjoy it, that makes me want to get up in the morning because this is really helping to restore people's lives you know, and coming from someone, and I've talked openly about how I lost my sex drive completely for about 10 years. I couldn't possibly care less about it. I just didn't care about sex. And then getting that back again, I'm absolutely certain that is part of who we are and keeping our sexual being alive is so important to live a full life. And, you know, this is what we're here for, to live in our full aliveness. So this is important. We don't have to suffer with this. And isn't that beautiful that we don't have to? We absolutely. And I couldn't agree with you more when it comes to intimacy. We know that humans need to be intimate and have connection and a bond with each other. Mm -hmm. Nothing has proven this more than COVID and the isolation that has occurred. People miss a simple hug. It's so difficult not to feel the hug of your friends when you see each other, if you get to see each other. And that is what we have really brought home with this isolation and um, having to not see our loved ones is that we need that type of intimate relationship. And with a partner, there's nothing more important than having that intimate relationship in the bedroom where you know you have a true bond and when they when you can look across the room and you know what each other's thinking and it's it's a really important feeling and a sense of confidence that you have when you're having a good relationship Mm -hmm. and everyone in your life can feel that your children can feel that it's a ripple effect. You walk into work with a better attitude because you have more confidence about yourself and you're in a happy place. Yeah, it's a whole so sense of well-being. And I, I love how you said the ripple effect because I think a lot of us uh, think, well, this is selfish. I don't want to spend that kind of money on myself because I'm, you know, I'm a woman and I've been, I'm being very sexist here, but this is what a, a lot of women in our age group have been taught. I'm just supposed to help other people. And so I'm not going to spend money on myself and, and making, not putting myself first and making that valuable. But this is so important that when we put time and effort into improving our own sense of well-being, it affects everybody else too. And you're exactly right. When I didn't have good sex drive, I didn't want to engage with people. I think sex drive is like life drive, really. I didn't want to do things. I mean, I would do them, but it was sort of like, uh, like I I'd consent, but it wasn't like, yes, like I didn't have that whole body. Yes. And my kids could feel it and my patients could probably feel it and my staff could feel it. And so, you know, 
it's not just about having vaginal intercourse, but being able to have uh, intimate physical connection in whatever form we choose. I totally agree with you, Carol, and that just helps us to interact with the world. Absolutely. There's no question about it. And I think with that understanding, it can make a big difference. The one thing that kills me when I'm at the office is when I'm sitting on my stool, I I take my unofficial surveys from that little stool (laughs) all day long. And one of the questions I ask her, how are things going in the bedroom? Or how are, are you able to have sex? And the answer I get most often from women over 50 in the perimenopausal and menopausal age will say, oh, I don't do that anymore. I'm not interested anymore. And I say, how can you let that go? Mm-hmm. Why are you letting it go? If Now, if he's having issues and she's having issues and they're on the same page and they're open and they have a cuddling relationship that seems to manage it well, I'm not going to get involved. But if there's a feeling of discontent, if one partner or the other is having a problem with the scenario, it must be addressed because it's going to cause resentment, erosion, corrosion, and destruction of the relationship. Mm, that's it's, so true. Yeah, it's and so, so true. Resentment came up in my study is the number one libido killer outside of hormonal related issues in the psychological realm, resentment and body image issues. So that's interesting. But yes, if if you've, if you're not on the same wavelength and, and, you know, let's just use a cliche typically, and there's a lot of scenarios, different ones, but typically, you know, male partner, if you're in a heterosexual relationship, wants to have sex more than the female does when she's 50-ish and that causes a disconnect and there's all kinds of cliches about the guy who leaves for a younger woman and all these things. Well, yes, that does happen. And I'm not condoning that in any way, but we don't have to go down that path. We can stay connected and keep on the same wavelength. And you know what's a funny thing I'm sure you've experienced in your practice too, when we get uh, hormonally balanced and um, both of us uh, use hormone pellets, I, I have them in my own body, uh, when we have our hormones balanced, I've got my testosterone back. I've got my vagina back healthy again. Now I've got sex drive and I want to have sex now more than my partner, which is kind of comical. So uh, we love those moments. And then pa- partner or husband comes in saying, hey, I want some of what she got, right? Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I have the absolute perfect story. I had a young woman who, I guess she's 53 and she came to me saying that she had no interest in having sex. And also it didn't really hurt her yet. Okay. So there's a, there's a period of time where atrophy may not be in full bloom. It takes while for the tissue to change. So she didn't have discomfort with intercourse. She just didn't care about Mm -hmm. having intercourse. And when I checked her blood levels, because in that scenario, my machine's not going to really do that much. So what else is going on? I'm going to evaluate her hormonal status and our ovaries. And what is often forgotten is that our ovaries make estrogen, testosterone, and progesterone. All three hormones are critical for us to feel optimized and feel the way we do when we're young. Mm-hmm. And when we lose all those hormones, we must pay attention to that and see. So in this particular young lady, she had very low testosterone, undetectable. And by replacing it with a pellet, she felt like a new woman. Mm, I know funny, how that feels. My, my testosterone yeah. was undetectable also. And yes. uh, it, it, it's just something that a lot of doctors miss. So I, I'm so glad Absolutely. that you mentioned that uh, your traditional gynecologist, and we both trained in traditional medical school. So this is all stuff that we, there's no, we're not criticizing other people's care in any way. It's just that they're not educated yet. So they might not know about this as much as you do, but it is critical to have testosterone replaced as well. And I'm so glad you brought that up because that's what drives our libido. So you can have a fancy vagina and have it all lubricated and ready to go. But if your brain's not into it, you're still not going to want to have sex. So I think that's so important 
Our brain is our biggest sex organ, so we've got to have our mind right, and we've got to have a healthy vagina, but we need both, right? It's mind and body. Absolutely. And the cutest part of this story is now she's been using the pellets for about a half a year up to almost three quarters of a year. And her husband makes an appointment and (laughs) he came in just like you were saying. So now when he came in, he shared with me that they were actually having very serious marriage issues that she had not shared with me. But he said, before you did what you did, I was beginning to think that as soon as our youngest son finished high school, I was was out of there. Yeah, he was out of there. And he said, You did what you did for her by replacing her testosterone. And she is a different woman. We feel connected again. And we're willing to work through the issues we were having. We're not perfect yet, but he said we're a heck of a lot better getting the whole sex portion out of the way. He said, I go to the gym every day and women were throwing themselves at me, he said. And he said, women are much, very, very aggressive if they find you attractive. And if you are showing any kinds of attention, he said, I could have cheated on my wife. He said, it's just not me. I didn't want to do it, but I was going to leave and be with other women because I needed that intimacy. And when she was rejecting me, I didn't understand. I felt that she didn't love me anymore and that she didn't care enough to do something to help herself. And I was going to go. And he mm-hmm. said, but now I need to keep up with her. So here <laughs> I am. <laughs> and, and so I'm sure he got testosterone too, because men have a slow decline of their own testosterone. Start. They don't have menopause. We own that word. They don't have a you know, crash in, in their uh, testicles like we have a crash in our ovaries that completely stop functioning. But they do have a slow decline of testosterone. So testosterone replacement for men is amazing as well. I love that story. And you know, I was talking with... Um, amazing sex therapist, Mary Jo Rapini on this podcast a couple of weeks ago about this thing about being rejected and, you know, for men and women, but perhaps especially for men, like being rejected over and over again. And I did this to my ex-husband and I'm, you know, now in retrospect, I can't imagine how horrible that must've felt. If somebody rejected me even once for sex, I think I would probably shut down and not ever bring it up again. I mean, it's such a vulnerable place to be. And we're putting our partners in this position so frequently and again, not condoning it at all. And we do need to work on ways to optimize our relationships, but we can't understand in some way how this happens when we lose interest in sex and are rejecting our partners over and over again, that they, they're human beings. They're hurt. They're going to seek out connections somewhere else. And uh, this can repair relationships, which is amazing. So uh, while we're on the subject of testosterone, there's so many misconceptions about testosterone replacement, aren't there? And I hear them every day. You're going to grow a beard. You'll get acne, hair growth, and, you know, all these things. What's your little talk you give to patients when they bring up these concerns? Testosterone is the hormone that gives us a sense of well-being. So it affects our mood. It helps with sleep unbelievably great sleep. It helps with energy, mental acuity, muscle building, ability to burn fat, and last but not least, libido and sensation. I give them the significance of all of those aspects in life. And then I will discuss that everything will have side effects. We will titrate the levels to be perfect for their weight, their height, their age, and all their blood levels placed into a formula that will customize their treatment to them and minimize any of the adverse reactions that someone might have. There's, if someone does get a little bit of a pimple, maybe one month, if that's possible. There are ways we can control that as well as ways of um, treating the 
minor hair growth. If I'm Italian and I have a mustache and one eyebrow, it went straight across. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> and that, that was before you got your testosterone palette. Yeah. That was before I got my <laughs> testosterone palette. Indeed, Groucho Mark, I gave him a run for his money. Uh, for those of us our age who might remember who Groucho Marx is. But um, obtaining a laser hair reduction laser, I was able to get rid of that. With testosterone, I was concerned that all of that would return. And that's not the case at all. No, not at all. Yeah. And so I reassure women that if it didn't happen to me, it's highly unlikely that they will see a drastic increase in any hair growth. And it's protective against breast cancer, which is another big concern. Women think that taking hormones, especially estrogen and testosterone, that there will have an increased risk of breast cancer. And we have plenty of studies that contradict that and actually point to the opposite, that it's actually protective in many ways. Yeah. And that's so great, isn't it? Because it's not just about feeling good now, which it does. And like I said, I have a testosterone pellet in my bottom now, and I joke all the time that I'll have it in my bottom when I go into the fire. I'll be wearing it at my funeral. Um, it's helping us set up to be healthier elderly people. It protects us from bone loss. Uh, as Carolyn said, lots of evidence pointing to the fact that it reduces uh, breast cancer risk. And then we know that estrogen reduces Alzheimer's disease risk as well as colon cancer. I mean, so many benefits. So, And we feel good right now. So um, I think the key that I got out of what you said is it's so important to see a physician if you're thinking about um, getting hormonal optimization through bioidentical hormone pellets is what we both like the most. I like it because it's easy and it just works. I don't want to put cream on all the time. It's too hard and it's up and down and messy. So a pellet's great. And I've got lots of stuff about that on my website. But what I love about it the most is it's easy. And it's so important that it's managed by someone who watches it really closely because you can get in trouble if you go see an esthetician or with all due respect, somebody who maybe doesn't have the knowledge that um, Carolyn and I have about hormones. It's I think of hormones like a soup. You know, when you're making soup, you don't want too much salt or just the right amount. So too much is not a good thing. The only problems you get into is when you get too much. So we watch that really closely. I'm so glad you brought that up. It's so life-changing. I mean, when I started taking testosterone, I literally felt like I got my old self back. I thought she was gone forever and she came back again. And my testosterone was zero, like undetectable, didn't have any. And now it's back to probably what it was when I was 30 or whenever I felt young and vibrant. And I feel young and vibrant again. Um, so this is just a good thing. So we've talked about hormone uh, replacement a little bit and um, we've talked about laser. So I want to go back to laser a little bit because I, I love the vaginal laser. It's just amazing. Um, and Carol and I are both surgeons, so we do surgery too. And sometimes you need surgery, but I've told this story before that, um, laser and other pelvic physical therapy techniques allowed me to avoid having a surgery for my own stress incontinence, which is amazing. And there's nothing wrong with having surgery if you need it. And some people do, but we want to start with the least invasive things first. So now you've, maybe you're a patient in this, in this group and you can do your laser. And then there's other amazing things we talk about here quite a bit that can even enhance that further. So do you use um, platelet-rich plasma like every time you do a laser or do you just offer that as an extra or how does that work for you? How do you see that improving the laser results? Platelet-rich plasma is the elixir of life, I call it. It's pixie dust. It should be used always, anytime, any place with any procedure that we do when it's possible. Mm -hmm. And basically platelet-rich plasma for anyone who hasn't heard you discuss it already is a portion of our blood that helps us heal ourselves. It's the portion of our blood that contains all the growth factors that help us recreate tissue in an area that has been injured. Just like when we're small and we scrape our knee, yellow fluid comes out and a scab is formed. The scab falls off and there's nice new pink skin. That yellow fluid is PRP. And doctors found a way to isolate it and concentrate it so that now doctors can use it anywhere we need it and inject it back right into you. So we draw your blood just like having a regular blood test and inject it right back into you. 
and help you heal your injured tissue. And when we do a laser in the vaginal area, we can add platelet-rich plasma to the front wall of the vagina, right beneath where the bladder neck is, that helps to build more tissue there. And believe it or not, most women have no idea, but that area is synonymous with the male prostate. And we understand now that our G-spot zone, I call it, that area on the front wall of the vagina that may or may not have some extra sensitivity in a woman can be enhanced with platelet-rich plasma. So as long as the woman is willing and is not hesitant to do it, I am pleased to add platelet-rich plasma to any procedure. And it works in and of itself sometimes. So even by itself, we have more than a 90% success in improving urinary incontinence as well as orgasmic function using platelet-rich plasma. Yeah. Isn't that just the best thing? And again, nothing wrong with surgery. And I do surgery and sometimes we need it. And I was myself going to have a surgery that put in a piece of synthetic material into my body. And that would have been great and fine. And there's nothing wrong with that if you need it. But if you could put your own tissue instead, um, just isn't that amazing? Like less risk. I didn't have to go to sleep. I didn't have to have downtime. I didn't have to stop exercising. I didn't have this potential that the mesh would cause a problem in the future. Again, nothing wrong with mesh. If you need it, a sling is a fantastic. It's still the gold standard for stress incontinence. But we want to try, in my opinion, try these things first. If if you're not a, you know, unless you've got severe prolapse or something that we know isn't going to be treatable with these uh, non-invasive procedures. But the great majority of us, we can start with these. And in my experience, most of the time that avoid surgery, is, is that what you've found? My, my, the rate, oh, my surgery absolutely. rate, I don't do slings much anymore. I used to do them all the oh, time absolutely. and I don't do exactly. them that much anymore. No, not at all. As a matter of fact, um, I think that when we have the opportunity to use these non-invasive procedures, the benefit is astronomical in avoiding surgeries, avoiding the risks of surgery. And when we do a lot of the procedures that we do for placing the sling, for example, very sadly, we're cutting into that tissue that I just mentioned. We're cutting into the G-spot zone and that tissue can lose its sensation forever by doing those kinds of surgeries. I look back at having done them and feel like, oh my goodness, what was I doing? What was I thinking? Mm. And now mind you, I agree with you. There is a place for surgery and that's when the tissues are too far gone. What I would love to see is that women maintain the integrity of these tissues. These treatments do not have to only begin when we are menopausal. They can be done to maintain the integrity of the tissue right after each childbirth and maintain the collagen and the elastin and the blood flow to the vagina so that we never get to the extreme prolapses, which is when the tissue is literally protruding from the opening of the vagina, where women say, oh, my uterus fell out. We don't need to see that. I have, I'm hoping that one day these procedures are so mainstream that women can use them to maintain the integrity of their tissue and never need those aggressive surgeries simply by, on a regular basis, having these tissues treated. That's such a good point because we were trained, I was trained, I imagine you were too, in a traditional medical school a long time ago where we were trained to treat sickness. And there wasn't any, I didn't have any education about maintaining wellness, really. That wasn't even a thing yet. So many doctors, or most doctors, let's just say, are trained in that way to to treat prolapse or treat stress incontinence with surgery or fix a problem when it's already occurred. But what we're talking about, yes, we can do that too, you know, but for future generations, wouldn't it be amazing if we could prevent it before it already happened? And it's interesting that in other countries, in Europe, for example, pelvic physical therapy is a standard part of the postpartum 
a treatment plan for every single woman. And we don't have that at all here. You just have the baby and then they send you home 24 hours later and say, okay, good luck. But in in most Western countries, there's a very uh, organized protocol to reestablish the pelvic health and do exercises and so on. So that brings me to talk about pelvic physical therapy. And there's some really cool things that Carolyn and I are doing in our offices uh, to to treat the muscles of the pelvic floor. And wouldn't it be great if we could do that after every baby? So yes, you don't have to be 55. You could do this after every baby. So what are some of the things that we can do that are preventative or even if we are having problems to keep those muscles strong and, and you know, just prevent these problems like prolapse? Absolutely. So, you know, as a traditional OBGYN for the past 30 years, I have told women and I told women today that you must Kegel, tighten all those. I just Kegeled myself because I said the word and I'm sure anyone listening probably just did too. See, (laughs) but if we don't talk about it, we don't do it. And we forget that we should be Kegeling as much as we can. And none of us do it right. None of us do it long enough. No, none of us do it enough. You have to do it about a hundred times a day in order to maintain those muscles and try to engage them all, which is not an easy task. So luckily, there's brand new technology that is called HIFEM, High Intensity Focused Electromagnetic Energy. And it's made into a chair to address this issue. You simply sit on the chair and it causes every single muscle fiber in your pelvic floor to contract. And while doing so, it retrains and rebuilds those muscle fibers much stronger than you could ever do on your own. It's literally 11,200 contractions of the pelvic floor muscles in 28 minutes. And the end result is we usually use six treatments It's either two a week for three weeks or one a week for six weeks. And the end result is at least a 75% improvement in urinary incontinence that lasted out to six months with no further treatment needed. That's just incredible. You can sit on this chair fully clothed and it's very comfortable, somewhat enjoyable, some may say. And it is unbelievably powerful. The other aspect, by serendipity, which is my favorite word in the English language, (laughs) we discovered that it can help with sexual function as well. And the study that we just finished showed that doing these procedures and increasing the muscle tone, increasing the muscle fibers, and increasing blood flow to the area improved sexual function. The women in our study had to have urinary incontinence as well as sexual dysfunction, meaning they had to be not enjoying sex. And by simply sitting on this chair, there was a 50% improvement just in their sexual function. And that's pretty amazing. So it's really an incredible technology. And I just, it's the best seat in the house. That uh, That is so funny. And I, um, the brand name of this, uh, there's, there may be more than one. I don't know. You can tell me. The brand name of the one that Carolyn and I have is called M-Sella, E-M-S-E-L-L-A. So you can look and see if someone in your area does this, or you can go to New York or come to Houston. And I've, I've done this before. I purchase it. I always tell, I said this a lot of times before, but I never offer anything in my office if I haven't tried it myself, because I want to make sure that it works. I want to know what it feels like so I can really say you know what the experience is like. So I went and sat on this chair a few times at my friend's office, and I, it is very pleasurable. And I was reading a book <laughs> and doing my emails, and it's quite enjoyable. I mean, it's almost it's a little sexually stimulating just to say, and um, not uncomfortable. And you're doing, you know, thousands of Kegels, way more than I can remember to do. And I've gone on the program where I promised myself I would do so many every two hours and all these things. And then I didn't do it. And I got some benefit. But do you see, so the improvement in sexual function, do you think it's because of a um, a little bit of vaginal tightening from more muscle tone? Or what, what do you think the source of that is? Because it is primarily marketed for stress incontinence, but when, then we get these other side benefits 
the serendipity. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Well, uh, the increase in the blood flow because of the enlargement of the muscles, the muscles increase in size and an orgasm in a female does involve muscle contractility. And with that, the contractions are more intense because of the stronger muscles. That's so interesting because that is something that I experienced too before I started doing all of this. You know, maybe I could still have an orgasm, but it sort of felt a little puny. You know, it wasn't yes. those strong contractions like they used to be. So it all of this stuff is is really restoring that youthfulness. And isn't that amazing? Like you don't even have to take your clothes off. You can literally sit on this chair in your clothes, less than 30 minutes, do your emails, read a book. It's quite pleasant. Or you can just meditate and enjoy the sensation. That's what I usually do because it's quite fun. And um, no no needles, no cutting, no bleeding, no downtime. You can walk out, go. you can have sex the same day. I mean, there's just no reason not to do it. There's absolutely nothing bad could happen sitting on an Emsella chair, E-M-S-E-L-L-A. It's amazing. So we've got lasers. We've got uh, pelvic physical therapy that we can offer to help women with. We've got platelet-rich plasma. What what do you think the future of all of this amazing stuff is? You know, we've still got surgery, and I want to talk. Let let me just talk to you about that. Like, when do you still do surgery? I was in the operating room today doing some surgery. There's still some things that we do um, for sexual function, uh, like vaginoplasty and labiaplasty and fat injections and things like that. So, tell me, tell me when you do recommend surgery. I recommend surgery when. There is a physical reason that cannot be fixed with a non-invasive procedure that's inhibiting sexual function. That's one of the reasons. Of course, there are other gynecological reasons for a surgery like abnormal bleeding or, or abnormal pap smears. But sticking to sexual function, the procedures that we do, reducing perhaps the size of the labia minora, those are the small lips, we reduce those because in some women, they're truly in the way mm-hmm. and can be very uncomfortable, not only in clothing or trying to ride a bicycle you're a cyclist, I'm a cyclist. They, they get in the way if they're not uh, if they're not small enough and easily manageable. So women suffer quite a bit from enlarged labia. They also get in the way of penetration and can be sometimes uncomfortable and can be embarrassing and inhibit women's confidence because they're ashamed of having to move their labia out of the way to allow the penis to penetrate. This can be a very embarrassing situation. So those are times that it's truly indicated to minimize the size of the labia minora. Labia majora sometimes can get, uh, we deflate. It's like a popped tire over time. And those are the large lips that normally are filled with fat seem to deflate as we age. And that can be filled up again or tightened with laser treatment, but filled up again with either fat or I actually use PRP That's alone. Right. Yeah. PRP alone it's is great, really, isn't it? It's great. Yeah, because it generates more collagen and you know, it's yeah. not, it's um, not like a surgical facelift, for example, but it gives a, a little bit of subtle plumping without you having to have surgery. So there's exactly. so many things you can do. And we're not at all saying there's anything wrong with any shape or size of labia. I mean, they're all beautiful, but some of them, frankly, just can be uncomfortable. So if you're uncomfortable and the labia getting pulled in the vagina when you're having sex, and sometimes they even get torn, especially if you've got some atrophy and the whole thing's just uncomfortable and painful, I just go back to the word freedom. I mean, I think for me, cosmetic surgery, and I've had some done myself and I'll probably have more. It's really about freedom, just not to have to worry about stuff. I mean, it's not about trying to reach some perfect aesthetic goal. It's just about freedom. So now you can have sex without it being painful. You can ride a bike without having to tuck everything in. When I had my tummy tuck, now I can wear a swimsuit. I don't have to wear all kinds of Spanx girdles and I can do what I want. And and I like that I say I can do the F I want now. I don't have to worry about these bits in my body that are doing things I don't like. So again, whatever you have is perfectly okay if you like it. We're not recommending changing anything unless you want to. And then you can because it's your body and your choice, right? 
100%. Absolutely. There's a beautiful piece of art that I always refer to in England that's called the Great Wall of Vagina. <laughs> and it's made by Jamie McCarthy. He literally spent eight years making plaster molds of 400 women's vulvas. He calls it the Great Wall of Vagina. It's actually the Great Wall of Vulva, but we'll have that discussion another day. <laughs> but it's an incredible piece of art showing that each one of us is unique beautiful like snowflakes is uh, the way mm, I like to refer to it. We are all beautiful. It. Indeed. And uh, we come in all shapes and sizes. There is no abnormal, but when function is inhibited, there's help out there. And that's our message. Absolutely. So yes. Yeah, so sometimes, sometimes surgery is indicated. Um, and then, you know, we're reaching the end of Carolyn's time because she's so busy. I think I could talk to you for like a year. So we might have to have you back again to talk some more about this stuff. But what do you think, because you've been on the cutting edge of this stuff for so long, uh, what do you think is the next wave? Like we're talking about stem cells and all these new things that are coming. What's around the corner? We've got all this, what we've got already. And then what's next? Well, I will say that it's extremely exciting in the device world. It has exploded worldwide. And there are new technologies that are coming out that will be able to even make it easier to achieve the results that we desire, such as improved sensation or vaginal lubrication so that it's not painful to be intimate. And there's radio frequency that we haven't touched upon. And that whole field is evolving, getting easier. It used to take too long for my liking. Half hour treatment of something going in and out of our vagina. I can't get a man to do that. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yes, so so Carolyn's talking about um, like something like we have in our office, Thermiva, which I agree, it's this has almost been replaced, I think, in my opinion, by laser. But radio frequency is just another way to generate heat. And it's a little bit less ablative, so it's a little, but yeah, it takes longer and we don't get quite the results. So, but, but it does have enormous potential. So that's exciting that this, all yes. these things coming. Yeah. Yes. And Thermiva is still great, by the way. It just takes, wonderful. You, you just, it just takes a bit longer. You've got to sit there yes. for 30, 45 minutes instead of five or 10 minutes, and we know your time's valuable, so we've got to factor that in uh, when we're thinking about what to recommend, but these are all great treatments. Absolutely, and there's acoustic wave coming for women, and uh, that's a promising area. And then in regenerative field, which is the the area that platelet-rich plasma falls into, there are exosomes coming for female intimate health, which is you don't even need to have your blood drawn or processed. You can borrow some growth factors from uh, some amniotic fluid or a placenta, believe it or not. And they're all sterile and, uh, and wonderfully effective. So there's a whole bunch of wonderful technologies and methods that are on the brink of hitting the market. Which is so exciting because women have been behind all the investment in male sexual function for so many years. And so finally, we're starting to get some incredible things for us that actually work. And that's only going to continue more in the future. Not to mention, you know, for men too. And Carolyn and I primarily don't treat men, although both of us do treat some men. uh, All of this works for men too. So PRP, uh, testosterone, even the Imcella chair, there's lots of this that can be helpful for erectile dysfunction as well. So we're not ignoring the guys. We're just trying to get up to your speed and then we can all move forward together, which will be amazing. But I want to just touch on your book one more time, um, Ultimate Intimacy, The Revolutionary Science of Female Sexual Health. It's literally a book you should carry in your purse. It will fit in your purse. Um, It tells you pretty much everything that you need to know, including a lot of things that we just talked about. Would you like to summarize kind of what's in this great little book of wisdom for us, um, maybe in your own words, because I I could just read the whole thing out. It's so great. Um, uh-huh. it, it talks about everything we've been talking about. And if you're any way suffering from a loss of sexual desire or experiencing that you think your sex life is over, this book is really important for you to read. So thank you for writing thank- it. And what, what can you tell us about it just to encourage women to go get this? 
Well, number one, thank you so much. I think it works lovely hand in hand with your book, uh, Sexually Awoke. I love it as well. The benefits of both of our books is to open women's eyes that there's hope. We all need hope. And hope is created from conflict or problem. And our problem is not being able to be intimate with our partners as going through life. There are many different reasons. Some we didn't even touch upon vaginal laxity postpartum Mm -hmm. where women just lose sensation from anatomical changes that weren't repaired perhaps correctly at the time of childbirth and or just muscular damage. So all of this is a way of being able to treat these issues so that we can have hope and be able to be intimate and optimize our lives every day. Mm, which is so great. And and I, I agree. My book really is about that too. It's an optimistic. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not talking fairies and rainbows and ignoring that it's difficult. It's, it's recognizing what I loved about your book too. It's recognizing that it is difficult and providing optimism that it can be better. It will be better that you can do these things, not to just fall into that doom and gloom and just think, oh, it's just over, which is fantastic. So thank you for putting that out there. Ultimate intimacy. I love it. Um, And so I think I'm just going to invite you right now and see if you'll do it. We should have a whole nother show about vaginal laxity because that's such a such an important topic, and we discussed it a little bit, but you know, really, it deserves forty-five minutes on its own uh, because it is a huge issue for self-esteem for so many women. And I can talk about my own experience with that too. So let's do that sometime because vaginal Absolutely, laxity. I would love to. We don't yeah. have to. We don't have to have that either. We can. No. Uh, we don't want to fix anything because you're already perfect. But we can optimize that, um, and we can restore that. So. Let's talk about that sometime soon. I'm so excited that you're able to join me today. I'm so glad to finally had this opportunity to talk. And thank you for giving us your very precious time. It's so wonderful. How can we find you if um, our listeners want to come see you? How do they, how do they find you? Uh, well, thank you so much. They can certainly email me directly. And that is Viva, V-I-V-A-G-Y-N at yahoo.com. Oh, Viva G-Y-N. I love it. At yahoo. Yeah. <laughs> dot com. Yeah. Celebrating women. So um, definitely you can email me directly and we'll be able to see if we're a great fit. You could uh, also go to the website, which is drcarolindelucia.com. And that's uh, Carolyn uh, with a Y, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N. Last name is D-E-L-U-C-I-A. And we'll put that in the notes here with the podcast. And thank you so much for being with us, thank Carolyn. You. And for thank you, Thank Dr. you Susan. for all of your amazing work for so many years, uh, helping women to live their best lives. And it's such great work. And we need to clone you about a thousand times. Hopefully they can invent that technology sometime in the next and 30 you. years. And you. Right <laughs> back at you. Right back at you. All right. Well, you enjoy the rest of your day and we will talk soon. Thank you. Bye-bye now. <laughs>